0: In the morning, my fellow brothers and sisters, welcome to the Sunday edition of St. Mark Bemidji's Podcast. Today's sermon is from our Confirmation Sunday. It also happens to be the fourth Sunday of Easter this year. Why do we care? My kid isn't getting confirmed. My kids are all grown up, or maybe they're still years away from this rite of passage. Confirmations, like baptisms, first marriages, or announcements of a new baby on the way, should all be occasions of celebration in the congregation. They are all forms of church growth, signs that God is, has or is about to add more children to His family. Confirmations are an affirmation that this child has remained steadfast and grown in his or her faith through the Spirit over the course of more than a decade. They should be celebrated and encouraged going forward so that... That it lasts their whole lives. Today's confirmation sermon is based upon Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. Let's join Pastor Z in today's meditation.
1: Fellow sheep of our good shepherd Jesus, Amen. Today we witness, or we are present for. The confirmation of these five little lambs. I was commenting to somebody before the service just how quickly it seems after confirmation. I've done this for roughly five years now. And after confirmation, it always seems like y'all hit some growth spurt. Bryce, you already did. You're fine. But they mature so fast. As they go on to high school and they, and they grow up. And so today, on the verge of this, uh, I guess you could call it, this growth spurt or this adulthood, uh, we're reminded today that they're not here to graduate from church. They don't know everything yet. But rather, we're here to reinforce the idea that the walk with Christ is lifelong. And it's guided every single step of the way by Him, our Good Shepherd. You're probably sick of me saying it. Many of you have heard it in Bible studies and I've repeated it in confirmation class multiple times before. My favorite little riddle, what is shallow enough for a lamb to walk through and deep enough for an elephant to drown in? You know it. Somebody said it. God's word. Was well, shallow enough for an elephant to drown Excuse me, shallow enough for a lamb to walk through and deep enough for an elephant to drown in. It's God's word. It's a simple message that even a little tiny child at the waters of baptism can understand. Jesus is your savior. You are washed from your sin. You are marked as a child of God. Your home is in heaven. Yet it's something that a person can spend their entire life studying. And it's mainly for this reason that we have a prime example of this in our first lesson for today from Acts chapter 2. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Acts chapter 2 verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Simple enough, easily understood, But honestly, if you step back and you think about Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that verse I just read, you could write four, maybe five, sermons at least based on that single sentence from God's Word. But we don't have time for five sermons this morning, so we'll follow this outline on this Good Shepherd Sunday that your Good Shepherd teaches, gathers, feeds, therefore, call on your shepherd. In the first place then, remember where this appears in the book of Acts. It had just been that great day of Pentecost, that first confirmation, if you will. The disciples were gathered there this day Jesus had promised them, even on the night that He was betrayed in Gethsemane. He promised that the Holy Spirit would come to them. And He did. And He appeared to them as the tongues of fire above their head. They heard Him as a sound of a rushing wind. He allowed them to speak in other languages. But most importantly, most importantly, on that first confirmation, if you will, They were brought to a full understanding of God's Word. That all Scripture pointed to Christ Jesus. They began to understand what it meant that He came to suffer, to die. And they recalled what He said, that He must be persecuted, handed over to the Gentiles and to the Jewish leaders, be crucified, but then three days later, rise from the dead. And this is the thing that they're declaring as they speak in those foreign languages. The wonders of God in Christ. But then what do they do? doesn't say they go and devote themselves to some social cause. They don't strap on a cape and say, hey, we're going to go out and save the world now. No, what do they do? Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devote themselves. This verse is incredible. This verse is incredible because there are very few verses in the Bible that actually describe what Christians do when they gather together. You have this great big event at Pentecost, the wind and the fire and all these things, the speaking in tongues, and then they come back here and they devote themselves to the message of their shepherd. In the first place, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Well, who's the they? Well, we find out that in Acts after Pentecost, there were 3,000 that were added to their number that day as the Holy Spirit worked faith in their hearts, and these believers listened to the apostles' message, the message that they heard about Jesus, and they devoted themselves to it. The apostles boldly proclaimed it and taught it with the same authority that Jesus taught. Why? Because think about what Jesus told them on that first Easter evening. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And these ancient believers accepted and heard the message of the apostles as though it was spoken from the mouth of Christ Himself, their Good Shepherd. The message of their Good Shepherd was the same. They devoted themselves to that teaching. Because it spoke of how Jesus was their Savior. How He was indeed their Good Shepherd and had defeated the enemies. Sin, death, the power of the devil by His death on the cross and His resurrection from the grave. The apostles' teaching, the message of the Good Shepherd, told of the peace with God that they had and we have with Him. It told of the forgiveness of sins. It reminded those Christians of who they were that no matter what, come trial or come cross or guilt or shame or pain, They were guided by their good shepherd. And it's just as important for us now as it was for them then. And especially important for young Christians to remember that their good shepherd is the one that teaches them. You spent three years in catechism class, and what you learned was not my message. It wasn't the word of some self-help guru. It wasn't any one teacher. What you learned was not a political message. What you learned was the voice of your shepherd. You were taught by Him. We poured over in class every single day. We poured over the Word of God. Yes, it may have been spoken by me and taught by me, but it was not my word. It was the Word of Christ. It was His Word. And as it did for those Christians back then, so it does now. When Christians are taught, when we are are taught the Word, we are like sheep who are being gathered up together. It's It's God's staff that gathers His flock. It gathers His people. gathers them around His Word. And as you grow up, it's important to remember as you hit that growth spurt, as you go on to high school and the like, it's important to remember that there will be many people who seek to shepherd you. Be they friends or teachers or coaches, family members. And yes, there's value in being part of a group or part of a team with a common goal or a common passion or a common drive. And many of those... Earthly shepherds will have good advice for you for how to behave, or how to become a productive young adult and a member of society. and that's all fine and good, but for all their earthly worth, there is nothing that compares there is nothing that compares to what happens when sheep are gathered around their shepherd and they're gathered around his word. There's nothing that compares to the fellowship that we have among Christians. Do we always get along? Nope. No, we don't. Are we always the best and the brightest? No, we're not. Are we the richest? Nope. We're all imperfect sheep. And if we met this group out on the street somewhere, we may or may not want to be associated with them. But that's why we're here. All your life through, no matter where you go, whether you stay here in Bemidji or whether you move out of town or you go off to college somewhere, you will never, you will never find a church with perfect people in it. We are all blemished sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. But that is why we are here. That is why we are gathered around the Shepherd. One Lord, one faith, one hope, one baptism, one God and Father of all. It's this message that we are gathered around. We are devoted to the Shepherd's teaching and therefore we are devoted to the fellowship. The fellowship that we share with one another. We all share in common the hope of forgiveness. We all share in common the knowledge of what that blood on the cross means for you and for me. We all share in common the fact that there is an empty tomb that has Jesus' name on it. And therefore, my tomb will be empty too. We share these things in common with the people that are sitting shoulder to shoulder with you not just your classmates, and we're not just loose acquaintances. We may know each other to varying degrees. We may see each other just once a week. But these are they who you will spend eternity with. There is no earthly group, there is no earthly organization that can make such a claim. As they were devoted to the fellowship, because they were devoted to the teaching, So may it be with you. You know the Greek word that I taught you. Koinonia. A people that are united. People that are united and devoted to the fellowship joined together by a common faith, by a common hope, and therefore, common confession and purpose. When sheep are in fellowship, wherein we're gathered in the green pasture as it were. The Shepherd has gathered us to feed us. And yes, it's true, as David says in Psalm 23, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Yes, it's true that when we gather around God's Word, it's as though we are feeding our souls with what the Lord wants us to hear. But the Lord knows that you and I are tangible, tactile creatures as well. And this morning in Luke, uh, we hear the word uh, of St. Luke in in Acts. He says, they devoted themselves also to the breaking of bread. It's not just a potluck meal or like the lunch that we'll share here at church later on. The phrase breaking of bread is synonymous with the Lord's Supper. Do you see the logical kind of flow and progression of what's going on here? There you have the flock that's devoted to the teaching. You have the flock that's devoted to the fellowship that's centered in that teaching. And now you have them eating together. One loaf, one cup. This is what is being taught here. They devoted themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread that is communion. They're united by their shepherd in His Word. They confess that same faith in Him and what He's done, and now they join together at at the table, the Lord's table. And this is what we've been teaching you for the last three years and preparing your hearts for. That we confess the same faith according to the Apostles' Creed. And that we might also then therefore examine our hearts according to the Ten Commandments and see how we get to number one, you shall have no other gods, and we fall flat on our nose. We examine our life according to the Ten Commandments and say that we haven't kept a single one. And then therefore we go back and we look at our life according to our own vocations. And whatever yours are right now, probably... Sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, students. But those things will change. As it is with many Christians, we grow up and we become spouses. We become parents. We become employers or employees. And as we examine our hearts and our lives according to what God says for us, we must realize that we do not do as God wants us to do. And as so many times we fall flat on our face. We sin. We do not do as God demands of us. But then we take those sins and we bring them here. We take those sins and we bring them to the altar. And we taste and see that the Lord is indeed good, that His love endures forever. That God doesn't measure you he will never measure you or any Christian by any earthly standard. When God looks at you, you maybe you will have times in your life where you feel like a booming success. You will have other times in your life when all you want to do is cower under a blanket and binge watch Netflix. There will be highs and lows. There will be successes and failures. There will be plenty. There will be want. God does not judge you by that standard. When God looks at you little lambs, when He looks at all of His sheep, He judges you only by the standard of your Good Shepherd. And that's what He does here. He calls you into communion with Him. Take and eat. Take and drink. This is My body. This is My blood given and shed for you. And He calls you to commune with Him, to be one with Him in this wonderfully simple yet miraculous way. Now, all these things that we've spoken about so far this morning, the Good Shepherd teaching, the Good Shepherd gathering His people together, the Good Shepherd feeding His people, all of these things are top-down from God to us, for us. There is only... One problem. Sheep can't do anything. Sheep can't defend themselves from a lion or the, or the bear or the wolf that is after them. Rather, sheep can only really do one thing. And as I was preparing uh, the message for today, I did a quick little uh, uh, bit of research in the old Google machine. And I found out that sheep will bleat. ba. At a different pitch and a frequency, when they are scared, when they are hungry and when they are lost. and it's always the same. It's this high-pitched, resonating sound that's designed to call out to their shepherd so it might know where they are. So everything we've talked about so far is everything that God has done for His flock. There's only one thing that we can do as sheep. Ba. The only thing that we can do is call out to Him. Our Good Shepherd teaches, gathers, and feeds. He is our place of solace. The place to which we return to. And we call out for Him when we are in trouble. Because like dumb sheep, so oftentimes we think we know which way we should go. Like dumb sheep, we think we know where the greener pastures are, only to find out that we have and we are lost. And indeed it is. We don't know what's going to happen in the next ten minutes. There could be some calamity that happens inside the next ten minutes, and we would have no idea. But guess who does? Your good shepherd. Your good shepherd knows. And he bids his sheep to call out to him. In between services, somebody said uh, they referenced what what Saint Paul says in Romans that we call out to God, Abba, Father. Abba means Father. Well, what's Abba sound like? Yeah, we just ba. We just call out to our good Shepherd, as we did at the beginning of service. Lord, have mercy. Lord have mercy on us sinners. Call us back to you, comfort us when things are bad, comfort me in happiness, comfort me in sadness, be with me in plenty or in want. His flock calls out to him. Those ancient Christians devoted themselves devoted themselves to prayer like those ancient Christians, every single day of your life talk to God like your best friend and your good shepherd that He is. When there's hurt or there's sadness or there's fear that this world can't remove, call out to your good shepherd. Remember where your eternal pasture is. Recall the words of that simple three-line hymn Day by day at home away, Jesus is my staff and stay, and when my short life is ended by His angel hosts attended, He will fold me to His breast, there within His arms to rest. Your Shepherd knows. Your Shepherd knows every trial, every cross, every sin you will commit, every bit of guilt, every pain of sadness, He knows where your journey ends, though, too. Because He's gone there Himself. Through the grave and back out again. And He is the only One that can lead you through that last gate to Himself. So, my young friends in Christ, you certainly don't know it all. You are not graduating from church today. Rather, we are reminded that your Shepherd teaches you your whole life through. He will continue to gather you and no one will or nothing will be able to snatch you from his hand. He will feed you all the way, and therefore call on him. Call on him in every circumstance, even when there are no words. Just a laugh, or a sigh, a cry. or a ba. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
0: We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine Services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday School and Adult Bible Study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and his word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day.
1: My child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into Christ. He, because I could not pay it, gave my poor. brought me salvation free lasting to eternity